Hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity Podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight, not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God and pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen and let's do this. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Alleluia. He's risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. Hello, everyone. This is Mama Jane. Welcome back to the Cycles and Sanctity podcast, where we learn about the beauty and goodness of our cycles and grow in holiness as women. So far, we have discussed the four phases of our cycle, menstruation, BIP, the fertile phase, and the luteal phase. We've also discussed practicing the Ignatian spirituality with our cycles and how our mindset can affect all of this. We also discussed how to become mindful of the signs our bodies are telling us through our observations of the sensation at the vulva and the observations of any appearances. And then we discussed how to properly chart those observations daily. So one thing I want to remind you ladies is that when you create your own chart, use a calendar of some sort, but identify the observations with the day. So for example, let's say you begin your first day of your menstruation on June 15th. That would be day one of that new cycle. So on June 15th, you would put a symbol of a filled in circle. Remember the filled in circle is to represent the bleed. And then you write the word, the sensation, moist, wet, dry, whatever. And as each day progresses on the calendar, then you put the day of your cycle. I hope that is clear to you. If it's not, you can always DM me or reach out to me. So also when we chart the menstruation phase, it's not necessary to write the amount of blood. I've seen a lot of clients in the beginning who write heavy or light. That isn't necessary. What we're looking for is the sensation. The vulva is the most important observation. Remember, a blind woman can learn the Billings ovulation method and she can't tell whether it's heavy or light. She can only tell what the sensation at the vulva is. All right. As I mentioned before, the menstruation phase of the cycle is the shedding phase. Ovulation has occurred, the ovum has disintegrated, and there's no need for the endometrium lining. So hopefully the cramps should not be debilitating, but they are achy because remember the uterus is working hard to clean up and to get rid of all the blood. Well, today I want to discuss how we can use this phase of our cycle in our spiritual life through confession. The sacrament of confession is a really beautiful tool that's been given to us by Christ to draw ever closer to him. Your first practical advice is to begin journaling your thoughts about confession. Remember, I'm a mindset coach as well as a fertility coach. So I always want to combine those two. So here's some questions that you can journal on. What were you taught about confession? What's been your experience in the confessional? When you think of confession, what are your feelings? All of these questions will help uncover your motivations and your intentions. I'm going to share with you how confession has become part of my spiritual life plan. 
It wasn't always part of my spiritual plan. Actually, when I look back, I don't think I went to confession more than five times before I was almost 30. I remember my first reconciliation when I was about seven before I made my first Holy Communion. But honestly, I do not remember ever going to confession again. I don't remember it being required for me to go to make my confirmation. I definitely remember that the priest did not ask us to go to confession or didn't mention confession before we got married. I do remember going to confession twice when I was in college during ROTC. The first time was when I was at basic camp for cadets. And I remember this because the penance that I was given was so unique. The priest gave me as a penance to turn my watch upside down so that it was backwards. It was upside down. (laughs) And I was asked to remember how much God loved me every time I looked at my watch. Well, being at a basic camp for cadets, being on time was very critical. So I was looking at my watch all the time. And every time I had to say, God loves me, God loves me, hits 320 and God loves me. So the second time was at airborne school and it was the Saturday before our jump week and we were all encouraged to go to confession. And we also received the St. Michael medal since he's the patron saint of paratroopers. Well, I didn't really think I was going to die, but I was really scared of jumping out of airplanes. I was actually very scared of heights. And for some reason, my 21-year-old brain decided that going to airborne school is probably the best way to overcome being scared of heights. But the only thing I remember about that confession is that I felt an amazing peace over me when I left and I slept so well that weekend. And that Monday morning, we were fine. So it wasn't until years later when I read a book about Our Lady's messages from Medjugorje that I really began wanting to go to confession. The title of the book was called Our Lady Says Monthly Confession is the Remedy of the Western World. I went to confession at a local church off post since we didn't have a Catholic chaplain where we were living. And at that time, I was involved in a non-denominational Bible study. So I was talking to this pastor's wife after I'd gone to confession, and she was just asking me a lot of questions about it, theological questions, you know, why do we have to go to a priest, all these things. And I didn't know anything about my faith. And so I just simply told her, I don't know everything about confession. But what I can say is that there was a sin that I'd been struggling with, and it's not a struggle anymore. So I know that there's grace in it. The interesting thing about this story is that this family converted to Catholicism years later after we moved away. She wrote me and she told me that my honesty about confession is what began her journey to the Catholic faith. So ladies, you just never know who you're witnessing to in your life, even though you might not know you have all the answers or any of the answers. Well, My biggest conversion through confession was in September 1994. We had moved to Arlington, Virginia, and were in the Diocese of Arlington. And in our parish, there was a young associate priest. And during one of his homilies, I remember having this thought, this priest is really concerned for my soul and does not want me to go to hell. It was kind of a wake-up call. I'd never really, I'm sure, priests before were concerned for my soul, but the way he said it and the way he preached just really made me understand how important my soul was and that he was concerned for my soul too. So I had read about general confession. And after that homily, I made a decision that I wanted to go see this priest and make a general confession. It was so beautiful and freeing. That was when I began to make monthly confessions part of my spiritual life plan. 
It was pretty easy at that parish to do that because we had first Saturday devotions where there was a mass, and typically we had two priests hearing confessions after mass as well. So it was just a very easy first Saturday, go to mass, go to confession, and it was easy to put into my calendar. Now, depending upon your cycle, menstruation may or may not fall on the first Friday or first Saturday of the month, and depending on your parish, confessions may not even be offered then either. But what I want to share with you is that remember, the menstruation phase of our cycle is the shedding. Many times we are more emotional, more internal, and more reflective. Because in reality, it's actually, remember, the the end of our cycle, even though we chart it as the beginning of a new cycle. And I think this would be a really wonderful time to go to confession. Confession is the sacrament of healing. We have the opportunity to make an examination of conscience and see the pattern of sin that we've committed. I've discovered that using the nightly examined prayer by the Baker acronym that I taught you before has really helped me have a more detailed examination of conscience. I personally journal my Baker, and then that way I can look back and see the patterns with the K of the killed. And then I can really see which deadly sin that I'm struggling with or that I'm attracted to. And I can also see the virtues that I'm in need of. So remember, I talked about the Baker, the last podcast, but if you didn't listen to it, let me just give you a quick summary. This is from Father Gately's book, Consoling the Heart of Jesus. And he just says this as a, it's the Ignatian examine prayer, but he makes it very simple with Baker, B-A-K-E-R. So B is for blessings. You should reflect on all the blessings that God has given you throughout the day. And then A is for ask the Holy Spirit, because K is for kill. And that's a very harsh word. But remember, every sin that we commit hurts Jesus. And so the K is for kill. And then E is to embrace these sins to the sacred heart of Jesus. Because remember, it brings Jesus great joy when we allow him to be our Savior. And then R is for the resolve to choose one of those things that you're going to overcome tomorrow. And then that's how you can progress. But if you haven't gone to confession for a long time, maybe even years, let me explain this wonderful gift of general confession. I want to remind you that I'm not a theologian. I'm simply a woman who has put these tools into practice myself. And my goal is to get to heaven. And my goal is to help you as well. So I discovered the idea of general confession through a few saints. St. Francis de Sales talks about it in his book, Introduction to the Devout Life. St. Louis Marie de Montfort talks about it in his Total Consecration to Jesus through Mary. And then, of course, St. Ignatius of Loyola talks about it through his 30-day retreat. So this is the way it has been explained to me. General confession can be used when you are beginning a new chapter of your life. So for instance, when you're about to embark on your vocation of marriage or priesthood or religious life, or if you can use it for some other special occasion. So St. Ignatius recommends at the end of the 30-day retreat, and St. Louis-Marie de Montfort talks about it the first time you make your total consecration of Jesus and Mary. But you can also make it for other events. I mean, if I'd known about it, I I could have done a general confession before I entered the military or something like that. 
But as it is, in my case, wanting to just really get on the right path and make a good confession of my life. So I'll share with you some of the ways to prepare for a general confession. First of all, depending on the last time you went to confession, what you're going to do is you're going to break your life down into time periods. So depending on how old you are, you can go back as far as you can remember. So you might think elementary school, middle school, high school, college years, etc. And then for each period, you're going to look at a good examination of conscience. You can look at it, find those online or go to a good Catholic bookstore or even ask your priest that has a guide and and questions. So remember, in order to make a good confession, you are required to state the number of times for a mortal sin. So let me just remind you the difference between a mortal sin and a venial sin. A mortal sin must fulfill three requirements. It must be serious in nature. You must know that it's serious in nature and you must willfully consent to making that act. So for instance, not attending mass is a mortal sin because it's very serious. It's our obligation. However, while my husband was overseas and my children had chicken pox, even though I wasn't the one that was sick, I was the caretaker and therefore missing mass that Sunday was not a mortal sin for me because I didn't willfully choose to not attend mass. Now, let's say as you review a certain time period in your life that you are committing a mortal sin, but you can't remember the exact number of times that you sinned, then what you're going to do is you're going to take the average and estimate. So going back to the mass example, let's say you went to mass when you were in high school while you were living at home. And then when you got to college, you just got lazy and didn't attend mass. And so from September to December, you didn't go to mass at all. Well, that's about 16 weeks. So you would say, I've missed mass 16 times. Now, what you're going to do, so you're just going to take each of those and you're going to tackle the mortal sins first in each time period. And then you're going to add them up in each category. So for instance, you would look at the college years. You weren't going to mass all that September, you know, all that fall semester. That was 16 times. And and then maybe in high school, if you remember a few times that you missed willfully mass, then you would add those up. Then after you've listed all of the mortal sins and the numbers of times that you've committed each of those mortal sins, then you'll go to the venial sins for each of the time periods. So as a quick review, venial sins are typically not serious. Or if they are serious, for instance, not attending mass, you must either not know that it's serious or you not willfully choose to do it. So remember the chicken pox experience. I didn't willfully choose to miss mass, but my children needed somebody and I couldn't take them to mass with chicken pox. So let's also say for another example of missing mass, Let's say you're a teenager in confirmation class and your catechist has explained to you that missing mass is a mortal sin. However, your parents are divorced and your dad isn't Catholic. So on the weekends you stay with him, even though you have told him how important mass is to you, mass isn't important to him. And so he doesn't make a conscious effort to get you to mass. Well, you're not old enough to drive and the church is too far to walk. So this is a venial sin because you're not willfully choosing to miss mass on your own volition. All right. Serious in nature, but you're not willfully choosing to do it. Again, you go through the examination in each period 
And then you list the sins, but you don't have to number them, specify them as you do in a mortal sin. And once you've gone through the venial sins in each time period, then you can combine those all together. And that's a really beautiful thing because then you can start seeing the patterns of the sins that you are attracted to. Now, you have a laundry list of the sins that you need to confess. You've just done the hardest part of confession. The examination is the hardest part. Confessing the sins really shouldn't take more than five or 10 minutes. It's just the facts. You don't need any backstory. You don't need to include anybody else. Let me tell you a little funny story about my own experience about this, how I learned you don't need backstories. As I mentioned, I had this young associate priest. After that general confession, I was starting to go on a regular basis. Well, there was a particular moment that I was having some difficulties in my marriage and I was very emotional. And so I went into the confessional and told this long story and was sobbing and crying. And at the end of it, this priest said, I'm sorry that you're struggling with this, but you haven't confessed any of your sins. Please tell me your sins. Ouch, that was such a good lesson for me to learn that it's just the facts. What did I do? How many times did I do it? So here's a couple of more tips for you to get the most out of confession. When you've done your examination, you may notice a particular sin that keeps popping up. For instance, if you keep arguing with your boyfriend and insist on being right, could this be pride? Well, when you go into the confessional, you have this gift. You can actually say, I'm asking for the grace of practicing the virtue of humility because that's what you need is the grace. Another tip is if this is the first time you have gone to this priest, it's also a good practice to tell him a little bit about your state in life. So for instance, I'm a freshman in college or I'm married for 36 years with five children. A single college student's sins will be different than a wife and a mother, and it will give the priest a better understanding of the sins you've committed and give him and the Holy Spirit the opportunity to give you wise counsel. Another tip that I have found really helpful is that once you have finished saying all of your sins, and sometimes this is difficult because sometimes we don't want to admit out loud to another person the things that we have done. This is where humility comes in, and this is why confession is so beautiful. But once you have confessed all of the sins, then I like to include this statement, for these and all the sins of my past, I am truly sorry. First of all, this lets the priest know that you are actually finished with your confession. Sometimes you hem and you haw and you wait and you're not sure and he's not real sure if you're done or not. So that lets him know that, yes, you finished confessing all the sins. But more importantly, it also disarms the enemy when he tries to bring up anything you did from your past. It's a really great tip. I love saying that at the end. The last tip I want to share with you is to find a confessor and stick with him. This will help you in your spiritual journey as he will come to know your soul and to guide you more deeply. Before I met this young associate, I felt afraid to go to my priest and to tell him all the things that I had done. I don't know, I had this misconception of confession that he was going to think bad of me or something like that. What I've realized after talking to many priests, literally they don't remember anything. They've been given that gift of forgetfulness. But one of the other things that going to this young associate priest taught me was the beauty of having a regular confessor and the gift of confession. 
I've been told by some priests that it's a good practice to go to your parish priest, or if there's multiple priests in that parish, then just try to choose one regularly. Sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes I know I've been to a friend's parish where they have two or three priests that hear the confessions at the certain times, and you just never know who you're going to get. But if you can, it's a really good opportunity to choose one priest and go to that priest on a regular basis for confession. And here's the thought, especially about going to your parish priest. This is what a priest friend of mine told me, is that it's the parish priest, it's his responsibility to help his children. And so when you go to confession at your own parish, then it actually helps your your priest know the things which his parishioners are struggling with. If you go to another priest in another parish, he'll never see you and, and he kind of can see like patterns as well, right? So those are just some tips that I have discovered in my own journey with going to confession. First, make it a regular time. So like I said, menstruation is a great time to go because like I said, your body's shedding. So why don't you shed spiritually? So that's one of those things. And then find one priest to choose as your confessor. And then if you haven't gone to confession for a long time, make a general confession, really sit and practice that. And if you start to implement the Baker experience, examine method in the evening, it will really help you with your monthly confession because you can look from month to month. Like I said, I journal my baker. I put it in my journal and then I can look back and then I can see, oh yeah, okay, there's a sin that I keep doing like two, three, maybe a whole week. So begin your cycles and listening to your body. I want to encourage you to put into practice going to confession every month. Shed the sins while your body's shedding the blood. Use the menstruation phase to review and reflect on your life with Jesus Christ. We are all on the journey to sainthood and confession is one of the best tools. So I would love to hear about your own experiences with confession. Please look me up in social media. I'm on Instagram at MamaJane25 and I'm on Facebook, Jane Snyder. You can also contact me at my website, wisdomwellnesscoaching.net and please like this podcast. Tell me what you think. If you want to put some comments down there, I would love to hear it. In closing, I would like to pray with you the blessing St. Paul gave to the Thessalonians in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire spirit, soul, and body irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Have a great day.